Okay, hi, this is Phil Yanov with the Tech After Five podcast. And, you know, if you're like me, you're trying to figure out if you've got kids and you're trying to figure out when is the right time they ought to have a smartphone and what do I need to do before that and how do I keep them out of trouble and keep myself out of trouble with this as well? Well, good news is there are experts involved in this project and they can help us get some answers to it. So I've got Stephen Balcom with the Family Online Safety Institute. Welcome, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And I've got Kate J from Verizon. Kate, thank you and welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I've got questions and I'm hoping you guys can uh, help get this answered. So Kate, I get the Verizon part of this. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you guys have an interest in making sure that people have good experiences, both themselves and their children on these. So I'm going to come back to you about this in a second, about how, what we can do and what Verizon is doing for this. But Stephen, I don't think so many people have heard of the Family Online Safety Institute. Can you bring them up to speed? Sure. Uh, we're an international nonprofit organization set up in 2007. The mission is to make the online world safer for kids and their families. Uh, we work with many of the top companies, including Verizon, but over two dozen, including Facebook, Microsoft, Google, uh, all the major players. And we work in what we call the three P's of policy, practices, and parenting. So the public policy side, we work with folks up on Capitol Hill, the administration, uh, state capitals to try and help to inform the public policy debate. Secondly, industry best practices. We work with the companies to up their game when it comes to trust and safety. I sit on the uh, Facebook Safety Advisory Board, the Twitter Trust and Safety Council, and numerous numerous others. Um, and we also have worked with Verizon over the years on their products and services. And last but not least, we have an initiative called Good Digital Parenting. And that's where we've taken everything that we've learned from the law, from the public policy field, from what the companies are doing, and try and distill it into what we call the seven steps to good digital parenting. Uh, and behind each of those steps, as you can imagine, are tips and tools and resources and even some new fun videos, uh, which I'd love to talk to you guys about as well. First off, I mean... Is there hope here? I mean, you know, I, as a parent, I've kind of, I, I, I'm worried that sometimes that some folks just sort of give up trying to do anything here because, I mean, this everybody wants to have a phone, everybody's got it. I mean, uh, is there something I can do to to start to sort of shepherd my children in? What are my what are my options here? Um, there's always hope. Um, I'm an eternal optimist. Um, maybe uh, too optimistic sometimes, but uh, uh, we try to be pragmatic as well. And we talk about acknowledging the risks, mitigating the harms, while also reaping the rewards of our and our kids' digital lives. Uh, we don't use fear-based messaging. We try to give parents practical steps and tips to follow along. Um, and, you know, we're also open about the fact that um, this is all new. I was, like you, I'm sure, born analog, but I'll die digital. Our kids are born straight into this digital world and oftentimes seem a long way ahead of us uh, and we have a lot to catch up on. But, you know, if you use some basic common sense uh, and our number one step, by the way, is talk with your kids. Probably the most important parental control out there is an open line of communication with your kids. The thing is, 
I want to kind of wind us to the very beginning of the problem or wind us to the very beginning of the situation as it were, right? Mm-hmm. And that is before I give my child a smartphone, what should I, what conversation should I be having with them before that? Right. So we, we talk about the three teachable moments. I mean, there are many, many teachable moments, believe me, um, having brought up two daughters. Um, but definitely before you hand a child their first device, and it's usually a tablet or it could be a, a PlayStation or some kind of game console, um, you sit down and, and have an age-appropriate conversation with your kid about what you can and can't do on this device, when it will be available to be used, uh, the places you can and can't go, and so on. Uh, another teachable moment is when they get their first phone, um, and that average age now has dropped down to about 10. I'm happy to talk to you about uh, whether or not that's uh, the right age or not, but certainly before you hand your kid either a smart or a, a dumb phone, you're going to have another conversation and set further rules. And definitely at 13, uh, when they become eligible for social media, that's another opportunity to talk with your kids and to set the rules of the road. Sure. Kate, I'm curious from your standpoint, I mean, you know, you've got the Verizon side of this. Um, do people get this? I mean, I'm, I'm sure that they're concerned. I know that you've been traveling around and you've been around a lot of parents as they express their concerns. Do they get this? Are they responding appropriately? Absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, this is something that's on the minds of parents. You want to be able to um, you know, utilize technology and, and help your children grow and experience that in a way that is, you know, positive, right? While also protecting them from, you know, um, it, what may not be so great about it. And I'll say I, I'm a representative of Verizon, but I'm a mother of three. I have a, an almost 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. So certainly um, these conversations are meaningful to me. And I think, you know, um, there are, you know, and I know Stephen will walk through the seven steps to being the digital parent. It is um, certainly, um, you know, when we all need to go into this with our eyes wide open and you don't want to just, one, give your child a phone before they're ready or two, even when they are, give them that device without any ground rules. I mean, kids love boundaries, right? Even though they may say they don't, or they actually say they don't love them. <laughs> they need them and ultimately, I think, desire them. Um, and so, you know, we have been on this um, this tour, this 10 city tour with Stephen in recent weeks and having these really candid and meaningful conversations with parents who want to be a good digital parent. And, and you know, Stephen's got a lot of great tips, uh, ones that I'm taking to heart heart myself as, um, as a Verizon representative and as a mother. Great. Age 10, Stephen, is that the right age for me to be starting with these conversations? Um, well, the conversations should start earlier. I, I used the term, I said age 10 is the average age that kids are getting uh, phones. Um, that's not necessarily a recommendation. That's just a reflection of reality. Right. Uh, some kids are getting phones much later. In fact, there's a movement that got started by two moms in Texas, and it's called Wait Until Eighth. Wait until eighth grade to get your kids a smartphone. Wow. Uh, you know, it, it's when I got started in this, our number one question is, should I get my high schooler a phone? And then it became middle schoolers, and now we're seeing kindergartners showing up with iPhones. 
the, uh, the the ones that mom or dad pass back in the car, you know, when the kids are rambunctious and you're trying to keep them quiet. And then somehow that phone never gets back to you and you go and buy another one. Yeah, and, you know, I know that feeling, right? I mean, I can remember before I had kids, I'd see parents out at restaurants and their kids, you will remember, Stephen, Kate, I'll bet you do too. You'd see people and they'd have their kids with a DVD player out there, you know, with, when the screens finally became small enough. And I thought, man, that just seems like giving up. Now I've got kids of my own. Yes, they each have an iPad. Yes, you know, the, the eldest of the two has an iPhone because, you know, it just makes my life a little simpler. So we've got to have controls in effect. There's a lot to unpack here. I mean, first of all, uh, back to the question about when a kid should get a phone. I mean, um, I have a lot of sympathy with the idea of um, waiting till late, but, you know, you've got to go beyond just say no. Um, and one of the things, I'll actually pass this back to Kate, and that is that uh, Verizon offers uh, the Gizmo Watch. You want to talk a little bit about that, Kate? Yeah. So, you know, we've been talking, you know, we're focusing a little bit more on smartphones, um, you know, but that may not be the first place that you want to go and, and likely shouldn't be, especially, you know, depending on the age. So my, we'll just call him 10. He'll be 10 next week. Um, but we, my 10 year old, um, started fourth grade about several weeks ago, a month ago now. And we, um, you know, we, he's, he's at a new school and riding a bus and we wanted to have a way to be able to keep in touch with them and for him to be able to reach out uh, to us. But, we're, we're as a family, you know, we're not ready, near ready to get him um, a smartphone. So uh, we have this great product called a Gizmo Watch. It looks cool. There's different color bands. Looks like that smart watch, right? Um, it enables us, the parents, to pre-program it with up to ten numbers that he can call or text, um, and vice versa. And um, so that we know we can reach out to him if we need to. And if he needs to, he can do the same. And it also has GPS capabilities. So I can at any point in time, um, take a look and see where he is. Um, we can also set alerts if he's going to, you know, goes outside of a certain um, you know, boundary, geog uh, geographic boundary at a certain time of day, then we can see that. And it also has some fun features. You know, it has the step counter, which he's very athletic and competitive. So he loves that. Um, you, when he does voice to text messages, he can make them sound like funny things. So, um, you know, it, it, he likes it. I think he thinks it's kind of cool, um, which is good, right? Especially when he's getting to that age where, you know, things need to be cool, but it gives us, it gives us that peace of mind that, and that we can give him a little bit more independence because I think, you know, for parents, you know, we're, we, we grew up in a, a little bit more free, um, you know, go out, ride your bike until dinner time, just, you know, be home by then. And there wasn't a way to keep, keep track. I think, you know, most parents would say they don't have that level of comfort these days. And so this is a way that you can, you can enable them and empower them and start to get them used to wireless technology and all the benefits that it brings um, and get that peace of mind for yourself. I think I just accidentally empowering them. Mostly, I just want to know where they are. That's what I want yeah. out of this. Well, and that's I, what I, you're I getting out of it, yes. right? Right. Well, but it's yeah. a win-win, it's you know, right. and it really is. And that's a way that you don't, you know, I mean, I know he's my oldest and I, you know, I probably have the tendency to hover, but you gotta, you gotta, 
you got to let them go and grow up at some point, right? So it is that that win win. So we love it. It's been great. I've got an app on my phone. I can check it at any time. Um, you know, we put it on silent mode while he's at school, but he still has it. You know, if he if he needs it for it for any reason. So that's certainly a wonderful alternative, um, a step toward you know that phone, but um, a great alternative for a younger child, um, you know, when you're not, you're not ready yet to, to turn over the keys to the kingdom. No, I'm with you. And I, I like that idea a lot. And I've got one just about a year ahead of years. Uh, in fact, I think almost to the day uh, ahead of years. And it's like, I'm in that same spot where, where, you know, I don't think I need another phone. I think we need that, but it would be nice to have some communication with him when he's out and about and with friends and that kind of stuff. And, and the other, the other, um, you know, nice p- part of the watch is it's a five dollar monthly connection fee. So that's not a data plan. You don't need, you know, any of that. So, um, so that's a nice uh, price point for that too. Right, uh, Stephen. What's the conversation I should be having? Let's say I've gotten to the point where I think that my child is ready for a smartphone. What's the conversation I should have with them? You know, before and during. And I'd like to, you know, let's start with what. What are the what? What should the ground rules look like with them? And then, uh, how do I monitor that? Um, so, I think this is probably a good segue into an online safety agreement. So, we have one up on our website at fosi.org, F-O-S-I.org. There are others that are out there. Um, all you have to do is Google um, online safety agreements and you'll see a, a, several of them. Um, you, you know, there, there should be some really basic ground rules about uh, having tech-free zones and tech-free time zones in the house. So a tech-free zone could well be the dining room table or the kitchen table or wherever it is you gather for a, for a meal. Um, secondly, uh, this phone will not go to your bedroom with you at night. We're going to put it in a closet where we're going to charge it up with everyone's phones, including mom and dad's, because we're encouraging parents also not to take their phones to bed with them. Right. So, And there could well be tech-free time zones. In other words, uh, from the uh, time that you get home from school, you've got the chores to do and you've got your homework to do or whatever else it is the kids have to do before they can use their phones. So there could well be some times and places where the phone is just simply not available. Um, Again, Verizon and other uh, wireless companies offer uh, ways to time limit uh, their usage. What I love about Verizon is it's actually got to pause the internet button. When all else fails, you hit that button and both the router and the wireless connection disconnects. Um, and you know, you can get everybody to the table that way, including your spouse if necessary. Right. Yeah. I'm afraid the cat is out of the bag for me, but I am definitely going to go find these online agreements so that maybe I can put the cat back in a little bit, you know, and try to figure that, you know, because part of the thing is I know that some of the tools that are out there, we certainly use them in our house. You know, the internet goes off at a certain time of the day. Uh, there are certain things that we do maybe wrapped around chores, et cetera. We've got some phone rules like that, but it sometimes feels draconian. And I think what I missed the boat on this, and I like where you are, is we didn't start to sit down and say, here's an agreement. Here's what we're both going to do before we get started. We believe that you can create an agreement at any time and and at any age. Um, And partly, if you look at our uh, online safety agreement, we've got a lot of blank lines for you guys to come up with your own rules. And I think what's really useful is to ask the kids what they think the rules should be. 
Right. You don't, you don't have to accept what they say, but it's a good starting point because kids are generally pretty fair-minded. Um, and actually, if you have younger kids, the older kids have all kinds of rules for the younger ones. Um, and, and, you know, th they'll come up with creative ideas themselves. And don't forget about consequences. In other words, once you've set the rules, make sure that there are consequences that are appropriate um, and fair. But if you don't have consequences, then the rules are useless. Great. Okay? No, com I'm completely with you on that. I understand. So I'm going to, we're going to check that out. Now, I understand you've got some uh, online training that's available as well for people who are trying to navigate their way through this. Can you talk about that? So, uh, again, at our website, fozi.org, if you click on Good Digital Parenting, you'll see a big button that um, basically says, I mean, so first of all, you can download our parenting resources. That's one button. But also there's something called the Good Digital Parenting Toolkit. And what that is, is a PowerPoint deck full of slides and, you know, in, interesting and useful bits of information, but it's based around the seven steps. And it allows you to give a good digital parenting or an online safety talk at your school, your library, your community center, wherever. It comes with collateral to hand out, comes with a training video, FAQ, uh, even a little marketing letter that you can send around to the local parents. So there's no way we can get around to everyone and to every school and so on. So we've made this available for free for you to download it and do it in your community. Oh, I can. I've got to imagine that people love having that as a tool and would be excited about the idea of going out and helping other parents navigate this. Uh, that's a great idea. There's also um, a big button that is our uh, video series. So we have a number of short, normally about two minutes long videos that illustrate and bring to life the seven steps. And it's, you know, parents and kids talking about it. And it's not all one-way traffic because often the kids are asking the parents to put their phones down too. <laughs> I can't wait for that conversation, but... Uh... It sounds like a good one. Um, so this has really been fabulous, I think. You know, you've, given, you've got some great tools out there. I feel like I am in the know, and there's a lot here that I didn't know. Uh, and so I think there's going to be a lot of folks out here who are going to like caring about these tools. And it's something they can use not only for themselves and their children, but they can take it out into their community organizations, present this to others, help other people understand as well what the tools are out there in order to practice this safely. You know, we I did not grow up a digital native, but my kids are certainly digital natives. I am certainly fully ingrained inside a solid, strong, and large tech community. Uh, I know that we want people to have good experiences with this technology. And, uh, you know, we're concerned about our kids. How can we make this work well for them? Thank you for the tools. Well, you're very welcome. And please, uh, you or your listeners have any feedback, ways we can improve this, um, then please let us know. Okay, so we're going to put all these links that you've given us to your website, the FOSI.org, Family Online Safety Institute, and the other things that you've talked about. We will stick those in our show notes as well and share them with our audience. Uh, Stephen Balcom with the Family Online Safety Institute, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me. And Kate J with Verizon. Kate, thank you for bringing this to our attention. Thank you for having the conversation.
Yeah, I enjoyed it. And uh, like I said, all the links in the notes and uh, you know where to go. Thank you.